Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Audible Farm podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Ron Lee King. He plays guitar in the J. Clyde Band. Uh, I never really listened to him until recently. I put him on my Spotify playlist, and, and holy cow, they're a great band. It's uh, not my preferred leisure domain of, of music, but holy crap, they can really play, and uh, they're really good. Uh, I met him at a jam night not too long ago in Bode at the Red Lantern, and uh, Scott Dahl had set up a jam night for some people up here in northern Iowa, and I went to that and played some played some jams and got to play next to him, and, and he's really, really good, and uh, I asked him if he wanted to sit down and do a podcast sometime, and, and he came up here and joined me for a, a while and we had a great talk it's uh it's a really good podcast i'd never really sat down and talked to him before and it was great he's a great guy he came over and played a little bit of guitar before the podcast started and and uh man he's just really good at, he's really good so uh enjoy the podcast as much as i enjoy listening to him play uh guitar so thanks everybody for tuning in check it out it's episode number 23 with ron lee king it's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. So, uh, sitting down today with Ron Lee King. Is that correct, Ron Lee? I've never heard a name like Ron Lee, no offense, but uh, is that like a combo of two names or is it a nickname or what do we got? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit different name. I've never got to meet a different another Ronley thus far in one my of life. a kind. So yeah, uh, it's it's kind of funny. My dad's name is Ronald Lee King. Oh, and so and my mom she wanted to run Ronald Junior. Well, for whatever reason he wasn't up for that, and and uh, he decided, hey, let's uh, let's put Ron and Lee together. Yeah. So. You know, I just usually go, I, nowadays I go, if I introduce myself to somebody, I just go by Ron, but... Uh, so you're um, like one of a kind, broke the mold after they made you, never going to be another one ever again. One of a kind. You got Extra it. Extra special. You got it, man. <laughs> well, uh, you also came over and played a little bit of guitar here to to start it off. We kind of just dinked around on one of my guitars here, and I noticed you were doing some chicken picking. Yes. Oh, uh, super dig it. How'd you get started chicken picking? Um... Well, I guess it's kind of, uh, I could point to probably one person that kind of led me down that road. Uh, um, you're, you're probably familiar with Chris Carr yeah, in Fort yeah, Dodge. totally. So, you know, Chris has been very pivotable, pi- pivotal, sorry, I can't speak. That's cool. Um, pivotal in, in uh, kind of pushing me into the music thing yeah. and, and, and doing kind of what I do now, a big influence, but you know, he kind of gets into some of the, that country picking, and he kind of, uh, I don't know, what's the what's the word, uh, introduced me to some players and and some types of music, and, and I just kind of grabbed onto it, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily consider myself a hardcore chicken picking country guitar player, but it just kind of adds, it's one of those styles that it can blend into so many other styles as well. Yeah, you know, man. Uh, a lot of it primarily, like if you're doing, you know, like double stop type work, dude. Um, and, yeah, um, you know, especially I'm I'm a big blues fan, right? So there's a lot of those country lines and and country uh, country guitar picking that really molds perfectly into, say, blues playing and and even rock playing and and uh, you know, it's kind of it's all about taste. So there's there's certain times where you know if you're if you're playing a straight ahead rock tune, you know, you're not gonna you know, you know the, the whole time, or yeah. you might get kicked out of the band. But yeah. like, uh, um, it's just a fun. It's just really fun, and I love that that straight ahead uh, train beat type country. Yep. Um, I practice a, a lot on uh, playing those types of tunes, and and it's just I don't know. It's something that I got into, and and it's just kind of stuck with me playing yeah. wise. Yeah, uh, like the first time I ever saw you play was actually at that jam night up in Bode that we went to last yes. month. And uh, yes, great time. I I brought a buddy with me from I like I go to Iowa Central right now. I'm going back to school, and I I brought a buddy with me from down there. And I was like, usually there's pretty good people at these jam nights, so let's check it out. And we walk in, and it was it was you and Bruce Borchers, and I'm like, oh, I know Bruce is good. Let's see what this other guy's got. And about 20 <laughs> seconds into a song, it was just like Jesus. <laughs> All right, this this is awesome. You know, it's, man. You know, it's just. It's such a blast, like, 
and I, I say this to a lot to everybody, um, you know, that's maybe not from the Fort Dodge area or, you know, we're in Humboldt right now, but uh-huh. just in this little within, say, a 20, 30 mile radius, you know, we can pr- there's so much talent. Yeah. So many great players. Mm-hmm. And you'd never think it because, you know, Fort Dodge, I still consider like a small, small town, Iowa. Right. And, yeah. And uh, but I mean, you can travel five to 10 miles and there's just great musicians littered throughout this area and, and Bruce is one of them. And so, you know, getting to go up there to jam sessions like that and play with those guys who, I mean, you know, Bruce is a legend, oh, yeah. you know, around the area. He's been playing in bands for forever and, uh-huh. and getting to learn from him and getting to play with him. And, and, uh, it's just, you know, I, that's, that, that's irreplaceable as a guitar player to do, to get to do get to do those kind of things so. yeah yeah getting to experience that kind of stuff is is really cool i i played guitar for quite a while uh kind of quit in my 20s for a while and picked it back up in my late 20s and just i was always super nervous about going to jam nights you know like what's the atmosphere going to be like you know how much better is everyone going to be than me just anything like that i was always kind of just like oh, i don't know like uh like i know i can do this but i don't know how well i can do this you know and the first couple I went to, I didn't partake in because it was just like, ah, a little nervous. Let's just let everybody else have their fun tonight. But uh, the first couple I got to partake in, it was you just realized that everyone's there just to have fun, man. And uh, oh yeah. And the best part about it is if if you're in my shoes where you don't feel like you're up to snuff with everybody else, you get to stand next to people that are absolute rippers on the guitar, drums, singers, bass. I mean, it's nuts when you get to go out there and blend your simple style with somebody else's complex style and see what comes out you know well and at the end of the day like um you know i as i've grown as a as a guitar player and uh i i don't know i you know i i don't consider myself anywhere near where i want to be as a guitar player but any sort of advances that i've made in my playing technique or or being inspired to learn something different has always came from playing with other people yeah and you can't be afraid like you know excuse my french but you can't be afraid to like get your ass kicked like because it's like it's it's that it's that moment where you're like this guy right here is just killing it right and uh and i don't think i can even you know match that but what that does to you is not only in the moment it makes you play better but then when you go home and you practice and you get you, you see some of those things other folks are able to do it just gives you inspiration to you know, sit down and, and play for two or three hours, four hours at a time and, 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 uh, you know, learn and and grow as a player. So, and I think that's one of the, you know, we're, we're pretty fortunate just around Fort Dodge that we have some folks that are trying to provide those opportunities like Scott Dahl. Yep. And, uh, you know, you gotta give props also to, uh, Jeremy Ober. Yep. Jeremy, I mean, he's been running the jam session up at, uh, Patty's uh, pub. Patty's pub. Yeah. So he's been doing that for a couple of years now, I think, because uh-huh. the jam had went away, uh, and and when I was 18, just kind of getting started playing in the music scene around here, um, the jam was still a thing, and I think it was a couple of years later it went away. But Jeremy has brought that back, and you know, there's so many, there's so many folks that I've discovered just by going to that off and on. I can't make, unfortunately, just with life and being busy, I can't make as many of them as I'd like to, but. Uh, um, you know, every now and then you like you run across somebody and it's like, where where the hell have you been? Exactly. You know, <laughs> where'd well, you come from? Well, that was the first Patty's Pub uh, event I went to. I was I was actually invited on short notice because somebody couldn't go and I'm really close to the area. So I said, heck, yeah, I'll jump on this. So I go down there, bring my gear. I jam out five, ten songs. And then it's like, who else wants to get up here? And it was like 1130 before I got to go back up there because there's just killer after killer after killer of guitar players and it's like i didn't know you existed there was so i'm bad with names unfortunately but there was like some Mm -hmm. 17 year old kid that got up there and almost showed everybody up you know and it's like oh yeah where's this guy at you know yeah where's he been you know and there was like a couple father-son duos that went up there and one played bass and the other played guitar i mean it's super cool to go out there and just actually see like you said how many talented people are in the area because there's not a shortage of that around here for sure and that might have been one of the most surprising things when you start going to these jam nights is just how many people come out of the woodworks and drive from quite a ways i mean there's people that'll 
like the jam night in Gowrie, there's people that came from like 20 minutes north of Humboldt, you know, and that's mm-hmm. like a 45 minute to an hour long drive one way just mm-hmm. to go to a jam night to play 10, 15 songs or something. And definitely it's totally worth it, though, when you get to go experience that and be around those people. And Well, and it provides an outlet, I think, for some like I'm, I'm fortunate that I that I play in a band and we get to do the you know, in the summer times and throughout the winter, uh, several different projects, you know, I get to play pretty frequently, but there's some folks who just, you know, they haven't found the band yet. They haven't found that outlet where they get to play. And so, you know, I, once again, I'm just a firm believer that to ever grow as a player, you got to play live. You got to, you got to do it live. I mean, there's a, it's a whole different, um, you know, there's something to be said about woodshedding, right? That that's, you know, that's how you increase your technique that's how you um you know whatever style you're into you know you perfect your craft but until you actually get in front of a crowd and you know how to handle yourself in the moment because you know emotions are on high right you're about okay i'm coming to that point of the song where it's time for me to you know take one but it's it's handling that emotion and, and trying to funnel that into the instrument and you don't you don't get to learn that feeling until you play live yeah it's uh it's definitely something i would hearken it kind of like to public speaking like you can talk yes. around 20 of your friends okay it's no big deal but if you put 20 strangers in front of somebody 40 strangers 100 oh definitely you know, it's palms are sweating hearts racing words aren't coming out quite right i mean you can still talk like a normal person and that's kind of like playing the guitar like you go to hit your solo first note doesn't come out right doesn't mean you fell on your face you can still pick it up after that but you got to be able to make sure you hit you know come in clean on there and and hit a solo that's cohesive and don't go too long with it or don't get you know way too far out of the style zone you can't be like super shreddy on a slow song or something yeah exactly you know so exactly so, uh, I mean, there is something to it, because basement jamming is totally one thing. You can always hook up a backup track to anything on your laptop from YouTube or something and jam along with it, but mm-hmm. if you got it in front of people, sometimes the nerves will get you, you know, like the sweaty palms will get you. Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's really good advice. You were talking about playing um, a lot of shows during the summertime, and, you know, I know what band you're in, but let's let's hear you say, what band uh, what band are you going for here? So I, my main band and, and has been the mainstay for prop going on eight or nine years now is the, the J. Clyde band. Yeah. Uh, we are, most of the, most of the folks in the band are, I, I would call our hometown is Manson, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, you've got, uh, Greg and Jake Merritt. Yep. Uh, Greg plays bass and Jake plays drums. Um, we've got Neil Anders who, uh-huh. uh, is just an absolute beast of guitar player um he's the other guitar player in the band um he's actually from moldable Corey waller the lead singer uh he's from manson as well so we've kind of got that like i say manson's kind of our home base but um yeah jay clyde's been going for about eight or nine years now and uh we've i'd say here in the last two to three years we've actually slowed down for the amount that we play um a lot of that's due to you know, I'm, I'm married now. Yep. Corey's married now, and and everybody's kind of has has serious relationships, and it's kind of all it's almost the growing up aspect where you know, hey, you know, playing two or three shows a weekend every weekend of the year is just not a reality anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but but with that, I would say that you know a lot of the shows that we're playing now, we've kind of uh, you know, we're doing a lot more of like the town festivals, yep. a lot more of, uh, you know, uh, bigger stage type shows. And, uh-huh. and that's kind of the point where we're at. And, and we still do, we still love doing bar shows. We still love, you know, playing smaller places, but, uh, um, you know, a six or a five piece band with a, with a full-time sound guy. Oh, also Mark Gales. He's, yep. uh, I would mention him. He's our, he's our sound guy. Uh, oh, that's awesome. You got a resident sound guy for the band. Yes. So you, Pretty yes. much guaranteeing yourself to sound good almost everywhere you go. Well, he has that talent button yeah. that he hits. Uh, I've heard it before. I've heard that, that. Uh, you know makes it sound better. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark Mark is ac- excellent, and he's uh, um, he's actually inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yep. as a sound engineer as well. So we're very lucky to have him, and he comes out and you know helps us and brings certain pieces of gear, and and uh, it's it's it our. I would say that our as a band, we definitely went up a notch when Mark 
kind of got on board and helped us out. Yeah, uh, not enough good things is said about the sound man at shows. Um, exactly. That's definitely the most thankless job um, at any live music event at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe next to the guy that uh, has to clean up afterwards. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like I'll tell you what, like a lot, a lot has to be said for the sound guys. Uh, a bad one can make a good band sound bad, and and vice versa. A good one can make a bad band sound good. I mean, oh, definitely. F- for the most part, uh, definitely. There's not actually a real talent, but you can just push and make it sound that good. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I uh, man. Patty's Pub, uh, they've almost always got a great sound guy there. I mean, it's it's. And Mark Mark does that a lot of the time. Yeah, I believe, that's what I thought. So. I was I was not a hundred percent sure. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, that's got to be really cool. I guess I've never been. I never really even thought too much about that having your own sound guy at a show because usually one guy in the band takes over all the sound equipment and he's the guy and sometimes yeah. you get like a bassist standing way out in the audience with a wireless bass and he's and he's trying to dial everything in, you know, mm-hmm. which isn't bad, but it's it's also kind of tough to do two things at once and well and i would say like when we first started playing um and i think this is this is kind of the natural progression of most bands right so you you start out with a very small pa and you know you've got one or two guitar players in the band that both want to be heard right yep so uh yep and and that's a little bit easier to manage in smaller clubs Uh like uh you know for instance another project that i'm kind of working right now is uh sean minicus uh-huh. who's actually my brother-in-law. I can talk more about Sean later, but cool. uh, um, we kind of got a little blues project going on, and we played uh, River Hops Brewing here a nice. couple weeks ago. And I mean, that's a very small environment, right? And there's just no need for us to really mic up. It's just, you know, manage our volumes. But uh, uh-huh. when you start playing, I think it's almost it's almost required when you get out, you know, I'd say a street dance or uh, a town festival where you're, most likely on a hay rack or a, uh-huh. or a trailer, and you know you're just out completely out in the open. Well, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to manage volume. I mean, you've always got the drummers a volume right, and then you've got you know a couple of guitar players and a bass player, and and uh, it's just nice to it's nice to know that you've got a guy out front that no matter what you know, say my settings that night are a little hot mm-hmm. compared to the night before. Well, he's yep. He's making sure that all the levels are correct and, and, you know, we're getting a quality product out front. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's one of those things, if, if all your levels aren't quite in unity from one another, you know, he can mm-hmm. he can help boost that. Like, let's say you're going to hit a solo, so you hit this, you know, whatever pedal you want to hit with your solo. It doesn't crank your volume very much. And he knows you're hitting a solo, so he can turn mm-hmm. you up just a little bit and push you through the mix, you know. Definitely. And you can't do that on the fly if you're one of the people running sound and you're also playing the music on stage. It's just not yeah. possible, you know. Well, and there's certain people who make it work. Like I know the Chris Carr band. Like he runs. Uh, oh, uh, I, I forgive me. I can't name the brand of the system that he's using off the top of my head. But you know, there it's it's a wireless. They're running the sound from an iPad, right? Yep, and, yep. and he's got everything dialed in perfect. And and you know, in that band, it really works for them. I just know that I'm such a culprit of. You know, okay, it's it's eleven o'clock. We got the last set. I'm gonna rock this one out. Yeah. So I'm a, you know, I've been guilty of turning up every now and then. It's like, so that's more for my ego than anything. Yeah. But that doesn't do any favors for out front. So it's just, it's just nice to have someone there keeping us in check and yeah, making sure everything works. You know, that's that's exactly right. It's almost like having somebody, like you said, just to keep you in check to make it. Uh, because it's not like egos rule the world, but I'll I'll tell you I've been I've totally been guilty of the same thing. You get everything dialed in, and you're at the club, and the and the guy in the booth way up at the top gives you the thumbs up, and you get ready to go, and it's like all right, here we go, mm-hmm. volume volume from four to five now. How's that? Figure that exactly. one, you know, like exactly. So I mean, everybody, I think everybody's probably done it once or twice, but oh, uh, yeah. if you, it also. I don't know if you start doing too much stuff like that, the sound guy might just be like, well, I don't care then, you know, and then, <laughs> and then, or you run into the situation where it's like, I'm in a club and I'm not mic'd up. And then you get way too much sound imbalance coming from one side of the stage. And definitely pe- pe- you, you feel it, you feel the hurt. So having a good sound guy is definitely a necessity. We've played shows where, you know, we've, they've had in, in-house sound or the sound was provided and, you know, we're probably the opening band, uh-huh. so nobody really cares yep. about the opening band, let alone the sound guys. So, you know, we've played some shows where it's like, you know, they they uh, 
you know, walk off and it's like, okay, well, they're, they're fine. I'm kind of like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least try, you know. I, I can only recall that happening in one of my bands on, on one occasion, but it was really funny because the singer was just like, can I get a little more guitar in this monitor? And then, wait, where's the sound guy at? And so the singer just like puts the mic down and goes outside. And he's like, he's having a cigarette. And he went and got the sound guy and brought it back in. It was like the funniest yep. thing I'd ever seen in my life, but it was, yep. it just totally works, man. Definitely. So, uh, uh, you said you were going to, do some other blues stuff let's hear about that well so i and it's not really a a large scale venture but uh you know just to kind of go back a few years right so another chris carr i would said you know he's very pivotal pivotal sorry i don't know why i'm having problems saying that word i don't know pivotal so Sean was very uh, instrumental in kind of helping me along in the in the the band world and getting me into playing music. And so we've been friends for I don't know ten or eleven years now. And uh, he's actually my brother-in-law at this okay. point. So he married my wife's sister. And and awesome. you know we've been friends all this time, and we've always wanted to have a band together. Which I will say Sean did play in J. Clyde uh-huh. for uh, a summer. Okay. When we. Uh, uh, when we were in need of another guitar player, but uh, but we'd never really done a band thing together, and I don't know, it was probably last November. I don't know, we were probably having a beer or something together, and we just said, "Hey, you know, we're we're related now. <laughs> Maybe it's about time we get to get on that band thing." So we've been having a blast. Uh, we we've got a couple shows booked right now, and obviously, Jay Clyde takes precedence in the summer. But yep. here, kind of in the winter months, uh, uh, we've got. Um, uh, Jeff Foreman okay. on on uh, drums, uh, and we've got Nick Shelley on bass, right. and then Sean and I are playing guitar and kind of trading off vocal duties, but uh, um, just playing. It's a straight ahead blues show. Yep, and it's it's a lot of fun because for me, and I, and I think most guitar players, uh, you know, kind of have this. Uh, it goes back to the ego thing, right? Like you want to just play and you yep. want to keep shredding it, right? And, yep. And uh, like in, in J. Clyde, we're, for, for the most part, we, you know, we do some, uh, we'll do some uh, uh, detours on the set and we'll have some fun and, you know, Neil and I will, you know, grind at it and, and uh, play some solos and stuff. And But uh, we're, we're more rehearsed and we kind of have a show put together. So the the room as a guitar player to play is mm-hmm. a little bit a yeah. little bit empty yeah um so this is kind of a change of pace where we sean and i just get to have fun um you know jeff's an excellent drummer nick's a great bass player and and just kind of like gel jam and have a good time that's yeah. the whole that's the whole premise of that band yeah i can totally feel you where you have that um you're talking about going back a few years and you just kind of just you just want to keep playing and keep jamming and and more solos and extend mm-hmm. the songs longer and that's yeah. you know that's one of those reasons I really like the jam nights uh the first time I ever played at the rock and picnic I used a uh, a digitech trio looper pedal and it, and you play a riff into it and it matches uh like a drum beat and a bass beat to whatever you're playing and you can kind of mm-hmm. tweak it based on w- what kind of music you're trying to play and and it lines different stuff up for you and it's kind of neat uh, being another buddy that's somewhere around my skill level, Dan Blair, we like, we, you know, taught some. Ooh, got a phone call. Oh man, I apologize for that's that. Totally gravy. Hopefully, uh, it's not. Super, it's okay. it's all good. All right. So, uh, yeah, we ended up like playing a couple riffs into this thing and looping some riffs together to make songs out of them. And we just played a handful of songs through a like this little beatbox thing. And it was like, well, I mean, we could sing a verse and have a solo and sing another verse and have a solo and then do the chorus and then have a solo. So we just kind of did that the whole time. So I, yeah, like, like I get it. Like when I first started learning how to play and figuring out what it was to play blues music and, and not how easy it was, but how, I don't know how you could play simple stuff and make it still sound good. You know, I was just like, holy cow. I just, all I want to do now is just rip solos all the time, you know, cause it feels so good. And for sure. And I mean, for me, it's, yeah. At the end of the day, right, and even in a blues band, I think, especially, you know, audiences today, in this world that we live in, right, you know, it's it's all about right now. It's instant gratification. You know, uh-huh. you look something up on your phone, or or if you're bored for more than 15 seconds, you're on Facebook, right? Yep. So especially with crowds today, like, if if you beat someone over the head with guitar solos and 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 overplaying. Uh, you're going to lose them. Yeah. You're going to lose interest. But I, finding the balance for me is where, 
the, the balance for me is when you you have enough space in a band where you can develop musical lines, right? Yeah. And uh, it's you know if you, if you've got a you know like if you if you look at like modern pop country now, the uh-huh. average guitar solo length is like four bars, right? Yeah. So you can't tell me that you have every time to you have enough time to say everything you wanted to say as a guitar player. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's for me. And that's when I gravitate towards players that can really, uh, that can really, uh, I don't know, uh, expound that emotion. Right. So, you know, you're in a, you're in a, you're playing a, a slow blues tune and, and it starts off slow and then gradually yep. builds over maybe three choruses. And then, you know, you finally get this, this end, explosion of just oh man he really nailed it and so for me that's kind of that's what i love to do and that's what i love to uh have the room to do um you know and i I mean and i'm on on the flip side too i love i love music where it's well rehearsed you know where the song is going you know exactly the notes you're gonna play but uh so it's, it's just fun having that balance of projects yeah um it's i mean it's definitely a different adventure when you go to a jam night and uh you just kind of kind of solo and watch everybody and look for a head nod and and, mm-hmm. and kind of go with it from there it's mm-hmm. it's totally a different experience i it took me a while to get used to kind of doing that and uh like i made a band called the stockyard we played a show at the rock and picnic last year and uh you know, we did the kind of that thing where it's like, well, let's these are the songs, but let's just kind of jam through them. You know, it's not really like, yeah, sit down and like this is exactly how many bars this solo is. And we did that to like a handful of songs, so it's kind of nice to be able to like, all right, I'm getting ready to sing now, and you just turn around and and give the drummer the head nod, hey Jeff, you know what's up, and then right into the song, you know. And it's a conversation, yeah, is what it is, and it's it's learning that conversation is. Uh, that's especially when you get with a group of guys where it's like, you know, I if I play with say Greg and Jake Merritt, yep, a, as the rhythm section, uh-huh. I've played with those guys now for close to ten years in in a couple different bands, and like I just know where they're, I know where their heads at, yep, they kind of know where my heads at, and it's it's that it's that musical conversation of like, all right, this is I'm wrapping it up now, let's bring it back around, uh, let's get back into the song or. Or hey, we're all gonna end on this beat. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, you know. No matter no yep. matter how good you are, but like, uh, uh, it's just it's just having that musical conversation within a song, and I mean that that's when it gets really fun uh-huh. as a guitar player. Yeah. Um. You know, as far as playing with somebody long enough to kind of get their style and mesh together well, like I play in a punk band called Three Finger Betty, and uh, there we gotcha. play down we play shows down in Des Moines, and at the end of every set, like, I guess you could call us all. Um, I don't know. We just call ourselves anti-social punk rock, but a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us have played a lot of different kinds of music, you know. And we uh, we just like, well, at the end of this thing, let's just start jamming some stuff out, and see what happens. So we usually just pick a key, whatever key the last song on the set is in, and then just start jamming in that oh for in sure that key. And it's it's kind of funny. Like if if you listen to a couple of the podcasts, the uh, intro song and outro song is actually snippets from that. Oh, rock on! So like we're a punk band that plays this weird like uh, fish trippy kind of punk jammy i don't even know how to describe what we play at the end we just call it the outro jam and mm-hmm. uh, and so like you know in the outro of this podcast that's actually a loop of of us and three finger betty like in a that's punk cool, band man. that uses potty mouth and stuff like that so <laughs> and it's like i bet you didn't realize we we're all actually this talented you know it's kind of fun to like drop some jaws at shows or just like have people just be like oh yeah like y- you're playing and everyone's slam dancing and, and moshing around and then all of a sudden you bust out the outro jam and everyone starts acting like they're 60s flower children just sway into the music <laughs> and it's like this this is cool you know and 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 we do go through a handful of different little bits and pieces there when it's like all right we've worn this riff out enough and then everybody just kind of looks at each other and we give you know we give the nod and then the drummer has a little ba doom ba doom ba doodaloo and then it's like next riff somebody make a new riff and let's for just sure. keep going from there and for sure and it's it's kind of nice because we can i don't know um our drummer's pretty good at it like uh even though he's got the world's biggest drum set uh what's up clint uh <laughs> it, he's he's pretty good at like <laughs> looking over top of the drum set and seeing uh when people are getting tired of listening to us do our thing and he, and he knows when to Mm-hmm. Give us give us the sign to end it all, you know, because it's like you said, you know, you're you're a guitarist and you're like, nah, just let me solo for five more minutes. You there know, you go. You know, but, there you go. But sometimes other people know best, so it's kind of nice to give them that headway too, and and know for when sure. they're doing it, you know. For sure. So, uh, how long have you been playing guitar then? Well, I guess uh, seriously, probably 
it's going on like 12 years now. Yeah. Going on like, yeah, something like 12 years. So, like, I, I guess growing up, I, uh, against my will at the time, when I was like five or six, my my uh, parents made me take piano lessons, which yep. that's a lot of, uh, there's probably, you know, a hand, uh, or thousands of people are in the same boat. You know, you started off playing piano and, yeah. you know, some people keep going with it, some some don't, but, uh, uh, you know, so I, I, I didn't want to, they, but they got me, got me into it. And, and, uh, you know, I started kind of, I started to realize what I was playing at the time. I didn't really care for yeah. necessarily, but yeah. like it, it kind of, it came fairly easy. Um, and so I, you know, I took 12, I took 12 years of piano lessons and, oh, nice. and so I, I actually credit that. And I would, I still, I tell folks a lot of times, like, I get asked around home, like, you know, being the hometown kid, hey, can you give, can you give my, uh, my son's like six or seven years old, can you give him guitar lessons? And, and, uh, you know, I just, I would love to, I just don't have time. But, yep. uh, I, I always encourage folks too to say, you know, like if, if for younger kids, like, hey, the piano is such a foundational instrument. Yeah. Um, I would, I would beg, I would argue that a lot of music is, you know, can be derived from the piano, right? Because it's all, all the notes are laid out right in front of you. And, yep. and it just gives you such a, at an early age, an understanding of how music works and, and notes and, and being able to, um, sorry, I'm rambling here, but uh, no. get back on track. Um, so, uh, you know, so I took 12 years of piano lessons, but when I was in high school, um, I kind of, through, through several different ways and, and several different folks, uh, one of my buddies and I, we we stole the high school guitar that they had that yeah. nobody ever played, and, yep. the, and yep. the really crappy practice amp, and and uh-huh. so we started we started working at that and started playing a little bit, and and uh, then uh, I want to say it was my junior or senior year, um, I uh, I heard that a band called Cheap Drinks, uh-huh. so insert Chris Carr here and, yep. and Jeremy Ober at the yep. time, uh, a band called Cheap Drinks was playing. They were opening up for, uh, oh, no, they were opening up for Brandon Scott Sellner. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brandon. Not, uh, he used, I think he was originally from the Minnesota area, but he played a lot in Iowa. Killer blues yeah. player. Yeah. Look him up sometime. All right. Um, he's, lo- he's located down in Georgia now, I believe. But uh, so Cheap Drinks was opening up for Brandon Scott Sellner. And I was kind of, I was starting to dig the blues. I was starting to get into I'm like, I got to go to this show. They were uh, playing at the Larimar. Nice. So I don't think it was legal for me at the time to be there, but oh, I actually snuck in. Yeah, underage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they have, uh, some establishments have their own, you know, rules and some cities have their own legalities. Yeah. I don't know. And I think that was before the law came out that yeah. it was, because now I believe, I, I'm going to say it's like nine or 10 o'clock if you're a minor you're not able to be in bars if they don't serve food or yeah there's there's don't hold me to that yeah but, and and it depends on the uh the city too I'm pretty sure but yeah but yeah so at any rate I snuck into this show and I'll never forget I seen and Jeremy still plays this amp to this day I remember seeing uh his 5150 amp and a Les Paul up on stage yep. and, and uh Chris Carr's rig and then they came out and they played a set and and uh uh I think they played a set or two before Brandon. Then Brandon came out and played, and I just remember like, I gotta do this. Yeah, yeah, man. I I gotta do this. This is like being on a stage. You know, the Laramar's not a huge place, but they have a, they had a stage at the time, and and uh, I just remember thinking, man, I'd love to be that guy. Yeah, you know, up on stage doing that. So that's, I don't know. That's ultimately when it kind of kicked into a little bit of an overdrive of like, hey, I want to start practicing a little bit more and yep. getting more into it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I went to, after high school, graduated, went to college. That's when things got a little bit more serious and started spending more like the two and three hours, four hours at a time practicing and, yeah. and, uh, uh, eventually in long, long story short, I ended up at Iowa Central for a semester. Nice. And that's where I met ever all the boys in Jake Clyde, right? Yep. So I met Greg and Jake. I met Corey at that time. Um, Jared Leppert, who was another guitar player, okay. who was who was the original guitar player in Jay Clyde. Um, so, 
I know I, I know you asked me how I got started playing guitar, but this is all kind of it all kind of weaves into it, right? Yep. So I, I I got into uh, I, I remember wanting to be in a band, and so there was a there was a girl that went to school at Iowa Central named Catherine Dillon. She's from here in Fort Dodge. I believe she lives out in Portland, Oregon, and uh, now, but uh, she was like a huge Janis Joplin fan. Uh-huh. So as I said before, I was like really into blues and yeah and and so we kind of we kind of connected. It was like, hey, we should like play some shows. And I think we got a show actually up here in Humboldt was the first actual show I played. Yeah, do you it remember was, where it was at? It was uh, what they call it, like Art in the Park. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Art in the Park. I mean, they used to have it in a couple different places, but yeah, <laughs> totally, dude. That's yeah. That's so cool. uh, it was Art in the Park. And uh, I played, all I did was play acoustic and backed up Catherine singing. And uh, there was a, a guy who came up to us afterwards and he's like, hey, you know, Catherine, your voice is really good. And man, are, do you guys have a band? And no, not necessarily yet at this point. And uh, he's like, well, I've got this show in Fort Dodge. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting the names mixed up. It was another type of art festival. And she's, he's like, if you guys could put a band together, we'd love for you guys to uh, do like a, a half an hour set. Yeah. So uh, insert Greg and Jake Merritt were both there that day. Uh-huh. And we're like, hey, uh, um, Jake, you play drums. You know, would you like to do this? Would you like to play a show with us? And, yeah. and he's like, all right. And then uh, Greg, he didn't actually play bass at the time. This, I knew, He knew how to play bass, but yeah. you know, he was a guitar player. He's like, Greg, would you play bass for us? All right, sounds good. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so it was just like, okay. And that's where I guess tying it back around to how long he'd been playing guitar. That's when I really, I feel like, is I came came into my own being as a player. Yeah. Just because we actually got together, we were practicing, and I was having to woodshed tunes, and and yep. uh, um, ultimately, that's how that was the beginnings of Jay Clyde. Uh huh. Um. It's kind of a kind of a funny story, uh, Corey, and I and I I gave him crap all all the time for this, but uh, um, Corey Waller's joke is that he had to break up my band <laughs> at the time to start his own band. Yeah, which I'll just say that uh, Jake and Greg and and Corey and all the other guys in Jay Clyde they've played together for years before Jay Clyde. Yep, they used to have a heavy metal band called Hour of Reckoning. All right, I don't know if you remember them no, from I'd, back in the day. Uh-uh. They were excellent uh-huh. i mean i'm not a big heavy metal fan yeah but they were really they were really good at what they did um so they they'd been playing together for years but uh you know Corey kind of wanted to go this uh oh you know what do you i don't even know what style you want to call it but uh kind of the country southern rock classic rock type route yeah and uh so that's kind of how it how it all started. You know, they Corey actually got that that band going. Um, my band with Catherine and Drake. They were we were kind of on the down down low anyway. weren't playing very much. So yeah. So Jay Clyde actually played for a year as a band before I ever joined the band. Oh, nice. And then at a later at a later time, Corey actually called me up one night. I can still kind of I still remember it. I was sitting at my parents' kitchen table and. He's like, hey, you're kind of into that country stuff, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're kind of into like the Eagles and kind of that classic rock stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, you want to be in? You want to be in Jay Clyde? I'm like, finally. <laughs> like, why didn't you ask me sooner? But uh, so yeah, from there it's kind of the rest is history. But all throughout that, it's it's uh, yeah, just being in those bands and and getting those experiences is what's really drove me to. You know, master, not master, by no means a master, but uh, to become um, who you are yeah, today, you know, to become a player and, 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 you know, hone my craft a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about playing, I'm going to backtrack, but you were talking about playing piano for a handful of years first and uh, how, how important it is. And I will have to say that, like, you never really think too much about piano until you get, if you don't play it, I guess, but like, if you, you want to try and 
join like the junior high band or the elementary school band mm-hmm. and they're like all right you want to play the drums you got to have a couple years of piano and it's like why that doesn't seem like it makes sense because the piano is notes and drums has zero notes and but oh, then yeah. you're thinking like oh you might be playing like a, a xylophone or something kind of like that where you're going to need to know what like this layout of like a piano would look like for situations like that uh it helps with with rhythm overall uh overlapping two different rhythms to definitely. make a new new rhythm definitely and uh i could totally see where that would have been a strong point for you i mean i never played piano growing up my sister played a ton and uh you know the older i get the more jealous i am that i didn't play any growing up but i didn't want to so my parents were just like meh whatever then oh yeah well and, and i for me too you know besides the piano being such a foundational instrument uh-huh. um you know besides it being foundational like if you're if you're in piano lessons like for me i was very fortunate my teacher in in uh gary iowa her name is linda benson um she's one of the best does she still teach she still teaches awesome um she's probably one of the best you know piano players in the area um but uh so and her, and her whole deal is is like we're not just going to teach you how to play songs. She wants to give you a basis in theory as well. Yeah. When she teaches you lessons, yeah. so that was my first introduction to uh, chord structure. Yeah. And how, you know, okay, this is if you're in the key of C, this is how the one, four, and the five chord go together. This is how these. This is why, if you play the third of a chord over if it's in the key of C that it's going to sound good or, yep. or, uh, you know, and, and getting into, you know, you know, all the, all the deep theoretical yeah. of like diminished scales and, and minor and pentatonic and, and things of that nature. Mixing modes. And, yeah. Yep. So, and, and I don't think everybody has that experience learning the piano, but for me, it was just, it was just such a great foundation for the instrument. Cause when I finally, when I started, uh, you know, uh, diving into improvisation, you know, and learning about, okay, when I'm, when I'm in the four chord of a tune, you know, I kind of want to play in this realm of notes or, yep. you know, when I, and, and this is kind of how I want to turn back around and get back into the one chord. Um, uh, that's that having that basis really just, you know, rock, uh, helped rocket my, um, growth as a player yeah um i will have to say just for my own um understanding i guess like i took music theory classes so i understand how all that works out but translating it all to an instrument and making it fit an instrument isn't always the easiest like i learned a lot of stuff on a piano uh 12 15 years ago you know in high school during music theory classes but uh then when it comes down to trying to apply it to a guitar you know like i said 15 years later and you're trying to pull Mm -hmm. all this stuff out of your memory and you're like i kind of know what sounds good but it's not as easy to go one chord to four chord to five chord and then find a way to like end back somewhere where the one chord is going to be you know it's not always as easy as you think and that's probably my biggest downfall i'd say is like a soloist and stuff i like to just stick to something super simple and go with it and i have uh, a little bit of oh, trouble yeah. expanding it a little bit further to make it you know a little bit more fresh i guess but uh, oh yeah and i i feel like i'm just right now just you know skimming the surface right you know yeah it's, it works like my knowledge base and what i know of music theory theory works really well for you know, the bands that I'm in at this point, but, um, you know, here as of recently, you know, I, I guess if you, if you'd ask me, like, I can't name you like a lot of great bands that I like, or, yeah. you know, there's probably a list, but like, I'm really gravitating lately towards players, like different guitar players. Uh-huh. Like for instance, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, I mean, he's been around for quite a while, but I think he's finally gaining some traction, like Josh Smith okay. out in uh, California. He's a, fantastic blues player and um you know some folks will maybe understand you know there's a difference between kind of like the the fundamental blues that you know of of yesterday uh-huh. um versus you know kind of mixing some of that jazz type influence into your playing oh yeah and and he does it so well and and so i'm as of just as of late i've been really kind of getting into that kind of world and and diving into some more of those techniques and and uh and uh you know just kind of practice and and putting it in my practice routine of you know instead of just playing the same old blues riff that you know has been played a million times trying to add some of those outside notes and make it more interesting yeah it's dude jazz is tough to mix jazz with things because like you can 
just go on YouTube, watch like a simple lesson and be like, this sounds good if you play it like this. And here's like the music theory. Why? And then when you try and like break it all down in your head, you're like, I'm not 100 percent sure I still understand why this sounds good. I'm like, I get that it sounds good and it does, but it just I don't I don't quite get it because like jazz is one of those things where I felt like somebody made a mistake in a song and it sounded bad. So they made <laughs> so they made it again and they were just like, it's called an accidental. Get with it, buddy. And like, like I think that's how jazz ended up going. Was that? Is that your phone or my? F- that must have been something on my headphones, maybe. Oh no, I'm maybe I, maybe I hit something. Either way, yeah, huh? crazy. Um, but yeah, you were also talking about going to Iowa Central, meeting up with some other people there, and uh, it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, you go there and there's so many people that are musicians that aren't in the music field because it's so tough to make a living just doing music. That there's oh yeah that you know they're pretty much grooming you to be a teacher or a player there, and that's pretty much all they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's it's just kind of difficult to go that route. So there's so many people like the buddy I met that played guitar and bass. Like he, I met him in the accounting program, and it's just like, you know, what what are the odds that you meet an accountant, you know, that also wants to play music? But then again, I guess we're both kind of good at numbers and patterns, and, and well, maybe it works out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm another case of that, right? So when I first I first went to U and I for my first semester of college, um, and my thought then was I was going to be a music teacher. Yep, and Throughout that semester, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I had my best grades yeah. ever in school uh-huh. as a music major. Um, but what I what I realize is, it, you know, it, when you get when you get in that type of environment, there's there's a lot of uh, you know, and they got a great music program over at UNI. Yeah. So it's a lot of competition, right? It's about you know competing against your not only yourself but you know others for. Uh, you know, the position in a band or, uh, you know, the, the first chair. And, yep. and at the end yeah. of the day, I just want to jam and I just want to play. And I didn't want to go four years of school uh-huh. and have it ruin music for me. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I actually work now and I'm in ag sales. Oh, yeah. Well, so <laughs> like, you know, we get the, J. Clyde gets it every now and then we'll get done playing a show and somebody's like, are you guys like going back to Kansas City, you know, now or you know, <laughs> headed back to Nashville? Like, no, we gotta go to work on Monday. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. I have gotten that a couple times when you go to a show and someone's like, Wait, where are you guys playing where are you playing tomorrow night? And it's like, I'm going back home. You know, I live two hours north of here and everybody else is from Des Moines, so mm-hmm. nowhere. <laughs> like Yep. It is pretty crazy though, like getting that, you know. When somebody thinks you're that good, it's kind of like a good feeling. We're like, man, all this work wasn't for nothing, you know. Like, uh, yeah, you put a lot of work into practicing songs and getting good and dragging all your gear somewhere and organizing everything. You know, it's not. Oh yeah, it's not as simple as just showing up and playing and wowing the crowd. You know, exactly, exactly. Let's uh, talk about Iowa Central. I don't know if you uh, like. We just became facebook friends after that jam night and uh mm-hmm. I, I did post something i did make an iowa central guitar and unfortunately it's not here to show you but uh i've seen that yeah i've seen the picture of that, that looked really cool yeah man thanks. it was like a strat with the the humbucker and yep. the bridge and, yeah oh man that yeah was i actually uh some people at iowa central saw the guitar that i play for three finger betty which is like another dipped guitar that's uh, the one in my profile picture if you've mm-hmm. seen that one but uh they're like, wow, could you think you could make another one of those? And I was like, yeah, I'll make one, you know. So I made one and put a nice little Iowa Central decal across the corner of it and and put some lights in it, you know, in case somebody doesn't play guitar, they can hang it on the wall and it'll chase the sound for the lights and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I made that and donated it just to kind of give it back to the accounting program because it helped me out so much, you know, hopefully. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm that's awesome. Go out and do my thing in the accounting world someday. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm currently interning now and I, I don't mind what i do so I, I think it's a pretty good deal i just wanted to give back somehow and maybe just kind of also mention that i have raffle tickets for that available not that you have to buy any there you go there you but, go uh, but yeah if anybody out there's listening wants a raffle ticket hit me up i got got raffle tickets for that rock on but uh yeah i mean iowa central is a great place there's tons of musicians there and i think it it kind of is one of those deals where like not everyone from these small t- i mean you were just talking Fort Dodge, you go a 20 mile radius around it and there's tons of awesome musicians. And it's, it's no different than like, just because someone went to Iowa central doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing awesome things. And exactly. you show up there and it's like, it's the same deal. There's, there's great musicians that aren't in the music program that are, you know, intelligent people that want to go out to these jam nights and things like that. And I was, you know, yeah. I was super happy. I could bring Vince out to one of those, you know, and he actually got up there and played bass with me on a handful of songs and you were playing the leads on them and yep. just making us sound extra good. So it was tons of fun. Like I know, 
from all, i mean i can speak for vince here and say that like we both had so much fun at that and like we attribute you know some of that to you being there and helping us out and uh <laughs> oh it was a blast man yeah having scott dalby there and it's, there's just something about showing up to one of those shows and just being like, hey, we're going to play Stranglehold. And it's like, what key is it in? Well, here you go. Go for it. And, and it's just like, <laughs> this sounds so awesome and stuff. You know, I uh, I don't have to worry about doing the leads, too, and, and trying to feel like I have to compensate for anything. You know, I just get to go out there and play some background and sing and have a great time. I do feel bad at those a lot of times because, you know, I, other than the songs that I play in bands, like, I'm the type of guy like, oh, I love this song, but I don't. I don't exactly know how it goes. Like I might know the, I'll, I'll know the chord structure and I know kind of where the tune has to end up, but like the opening riff yep. or the opening lead that they play, like, I don't know all that. So I'll be like, Hey, let's do this tune. Like it, yeah, let's just kind of start it like this. And you know, let's let, uh, one, two, three, four, go. And then, you know, somebody who maybe knows the tune will look at you like, you know, what what the hell did you just do <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well it happened like so, hey i'm just jamming man i'm yeah, just jamming yeah well i mean i think you did pretty good because it's not like I, I try to choose if i'm going to go to a jam night choose songs that i know nobody else would choose to do just for the simple fact that i i want to do stuff that i feel like i'm contributing something that no one else would contribute no matter where the skill level at is at etc so i play you know like a freddie king song and it's you know there's people that are just like well, I, never, I don't even know who freddie king is you know and it's like mm-hmm. oh man this like if you go to other places, this is a jam night classic. Some places, you know, and and, yep. ar- and around here, I'm the only guy that likes to bust it out. So I kind of feel kind of nice for doing that, you know. And I, I was trying to throw a Nugent song in there if I can. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a necessity, but I always like to, you know, love them or hate them. You know, Nugent songs are fun to listen to and play. And oh, for sure. So I mean, it is just kind of fun finding your way through that and uh, meeting all the nice people. You, you just run into just all sorts of crazy musicians and you and i could probably just sit here and just start mentioning musicians for the next half hour and, oh, not, and not definitely run short on a list you know definitely uh i mean speaking of great musicians uh after this podcast gets recorded we're gonna go to a show i mean maybe not together we're not gonna ride together and, and show up holding hands or anything i'll probably but, buy you a drink but... oh sweet <laughs> you know we uh we're gonna go to the show uh it's a Lone Tree Revival. Yes. And uh, that's a band that's, I, I mean, out of the Humboldt-ish, Fort Dodge-ish, somewhere around yes. their area. And it's, uh, I talked about it a little bit in my last podcast, but I'm pretty stoked for that show, man. Oh, but, it's great, man. I, so, Sean is one of the guitar players in that band as yep. well that I've mentioned earlier. Uh, Jeremy Ober plays yep. guitar. And then you've got you've got a whole horn section uh-huh. um, with just some killer players. Like, you know, one is uh, uh, Dan Cassidy. Yep. Who, I, I can't remember the order of his career, but I know he worked at Iowa Central as yep. a band guy there for a while. Then he was at St. Edmunds, but killer trombone player. Um, and Dean Davis on drums. Have yeah. you ever got to see Dean play? Yeah, I want to say I saw him at a jam night. Oh, my Lord. That, I mean, the guy is just, the guy is killer. Um, he actually, um, him and Sean have played in several amalgamations of bands throughout the years and and when sean was in jake Clyde, uh, there was a couple shows that jake merritt couldn't make so we actually had dean davis come play drums for us oh man and you know i kind of felt bad because here we are a bunch of like 26 year old you know goombas out here doing our <laughs> thing and we're like oh yeah we want you hey dean you're probably one of the best drummers in the state but like we want you to play uh charlie daniels tune like <laughs> you know but oh my lord uh it's just it's so fun getting to play. I've got to play with him a couple of times, and and it's just great to watch him. Yeah, he's an older guy, right? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, God, yeah, I did see him at a Patty's Pub jam night, and like I brought a bunch of my friends from Humboldt up to that, and we all just sat like on the side of the stage at one of the tables, and we're just like, "Holy crap, this guy's good!" Oh you know? yeah, it's, he's he's all about the pocket, man. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I've never I've never played with anyone else. Well, I mean. I've played with a lot of great drummers, including like Jake Merritt, and it's a lot of it's the styles, right? Yeah, like yeah. like uh, y- you look at uh, a Dean Davis versus a Jake. You know, Jake's can do everything that Dean can do, but like it, it, I feel like that you know they they kind of differentiate themselves just what where they gravitate as players. Yeah, um, you know, Dean's got such a nice light touch and can you know yeah, uh, yeah. oh it's it's great yeah it's he, great to watch him play. He's got the ability to like. When I was watching him, I remember watching him. It's like, okay, the snare's on, on the beat. 
and now he's on the offbeat with the snare, mm-hmm. and now he's back on the beat, and then you're like, oh, he's keeping most of the time with the cymbals. He's not even, the snare's just there for accent. And you're like, holy crap, this is like jazz band drumming almost, you know? And Definitely. It's just crazy to get to see those different styles, especially drumming, because, I mean, I've got a drum set. I can play some stuff, but I'm not the greatest. I just pretty much mm-hmm. have it here because I like to play, and it's, uh, it's a nice something else other than just playing guitar all the time. And uh, uh, It's a whole different... It's a whole different world to me. And one thing, I guess, as a musician that I'm terrible at is counting. I know that's fundamental, (laughs) right? But uh, I'll admit it, I'm terrible at counting. And then you've got someone like like, uh, Jake, for instance, who, you know, will be doing a tune and he'll go into some off... I can't even tell you what it is because I don't know how to count it, right? But he goes in some offbeat, just sounds amazing. And I'm just like, how the how the hell did you even come up with that first of all and how did you make it fit into this tune you know it uh, it's just yeah it's a whole different it's a whole different realm yeah that was something i had to get used to was like standing next to a a drummer that was so good and uh that's another shout out to clint blumker he was like actually the very first person i did a podcast episode with but uh i mean he's so good that like sometimes he plays stuff and you're almost like whoa and it like throws you off of what you're doing because you're just like that was awesome you know and i no doubt i i just shout out to like any drummers out there because it's it's not an easy thing to do and there's there's it seems like there's always a shortage of drummers but then like i said you go to these jam nights and it's like where have all you guys been hiding exactly you know like (laughs) well like scott Dahl, for instance uh i can't remember when did i first meet scott i want to say that they booked us because we played jake Clyde played the rock and picnic uh-huh. A couple uh, a couple years ago now, yeah. and uh, I think you know I don't think Scott was the one who booked us, but Scott's integral in that festival yes. as well, right? Yep, yep. So I think he actually came and watched us play at one point, and he came up and introduced himself, and and he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm a drummer. Like, you know, man, I've, I love you guys, blah blah blah." And and uh, I'm just kind of like, "Oh yeah, hey, nice to meet you, Scott." And then he came. He played the jam. I ho- helped host the jam in Fort Dodge one uh-huh. night, and he was going to be the drummer for that. And I'm like, oh, I get to play with Scott. And then he showed up and played. I'm like, yeah, know, where'd you? Yeah, where did you come from? Where, where have you been all my life? Yeah, so, yeah. But uh, and he does. He sings and plays at the same time, which that's just so. That's such a foreign concept to me of being able to. You know, I can barely play and sing guitar. Let yeah, alone that's not easy. Keep the beat and oh, sing gosh. as well. And he's a good singer too. Mm-hmm. I I will have to say one of the funnest times I had going to jam nights was uh, I was one of the ones at Patty's that I was one of the host musicians where they you know it's like I'll bring all my gear and I'll play when nobody else wants to play and that's just what they call it, like one of the host musicians at yep. a jam night. So just for people that don't know, but uh, so I show up and they're like, oh, where's Peter at? And I'm like sitting on the side, like yeah, I'll hop back up on stage, grab my guitar, plug it in. Like, what are we playing? We're playing this. It's in this key. I think uh, maybe like Brad Hofing was uh, playing, playing bass. bass. Yeah, and he helped me out uh, figure out what progression we're going on and stuff. And we're rocking through a song. I'm I play a little bit of a solo and I'm just like. God damn, someone's killing it back here on drums. And I turned around and it's Scott Dahl. And uh-huh. I, I got the biggest smile on my face because it was like, this is awesome. You know, like it's it's not that I never thought I'd get to jam with him or not, but it's just like it's cool to actually get down and just be like, God, who's just killing it back here? And, you and he's around. such a humble dude. Yeah. To, to boot, right? So like, you know, uh, he... Like you tell him, like Scott, you just killed it, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I done that right." It's like, "No, you killed it." <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, I did a podcast with him, and he was every time he'd like say anything, he's like, oh, "I don't want to feel like, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm bragging or anything." And it's like, because mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to say anything good about how good he is, you know. Exactly. It, 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 it's some of that might be humble or humil- humility, and some of it maybe maybe he doesn't know how good he is. I don't know. Like the yeah. dude's awesome, and I, I love just getting to see him play, whether it's you know. Obviously, Chris Carr band, and they got the Ned Freely Fun Band. Um, gosh, he's in like the Fabulous Uniques. I mean, yep. he's he's played in handfuls and handfuls of bands throughout time, and that's not even scratching the surface because he's been playing for quite a while. Definitely. And uh, you know, it's it's just I don't know. It's just so nice to have somebody that I met at a jam night agree to come down here, do a podcast with me. Um, for sure. You know, kind of just talk about what you've been up to and. And get somebody else's perspective because, you know, it's, it's believe it or not, it's kind of tough to get people to, to do a podcast every now and then, depending on the weather, depending on who's got what going on. Well, yeah, like we had said, to reschedule. Yeah. It was like, it was really crappy. We were going to do it Tuesday night, but it was really crappy. Yeah. Um, 
uh, well, at the end of the day, man, it's like, I like what you're doing here too. Just from the fact, like, you know, we said like, Hey, there's some great musicians here. Um, and it's just nice to, I mean, there's a lot of these people that maybe you and I know, but, Uh but other folks from other areas just don't, don't understand that. Like we've got some, we got some great talent here And, and in Iowa in general, you know, I, I get caught up a lot of times with, uh, you know, like, you know, I visited places like Nashville, right? And uh-huh. I mean, to be fair, there's just millions of, <laughs> yeah. millions of talented players there, right? Yeah, but, they flock there. But to, to, I think to, to say that the only good music comes from places like Nashville is just, I mean, it's ridiculous because there's so many, there's so many great artists there's so many great writers and there's so many great players yeah. that, that uh, around this area and, you know, in, in the Midwest in general. So it's just nice to see someone like yourself kind of trying to, you know, push that forward and push that message and try to bring awareness. Yeah, man. Like anything I can do, because it's, it's just one of those deals you start getting on Facebook and you're like, man, there's tons of people out here with guitars in their hands that are adding me as friends on Facebook. And you start adding them up and it's like, there's like... 10 or 11 friends out in Dubuque now. I got, you know, Quad Cities. I got like 15 people I'm friends with and Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. And, you know, I'd like to get out there and do podcasts with them. It's tough to ask somebody to drive four hours to do an interview for an hour. But, uh, but, you know, like any chance I get where I run into other people at shows and stuff, I usually bring my equipment with just in case they want to like, you know, pop out to the car for a half an hour, do a quick interview. I've done a couple of those, you know, Mm -hmm. with people that live on opposite ends of the state. So, and just anything I can really do, because like you said, all of us around here might know each other, or at least have an idea of who they are. But now we've got a record of this on the Internet so you can go, you know, people out in Omaha can figure out who we are now and maybe invite Definitely. someone to go play in Omaha. And I mean, there's good people out near Sioux City and and you go down towards the Keokuk area and Ottumwa area. There's bands down there that are just killing it, too. And, mm-hmm. and I'm trying my best to just talk to like literally everyone I can. And. And, you know, most of my stuff is going to be here to Des Moines because that's where I do most of my work. But it's Definitely. it's it is great to actually sit down and talk to you guys because, you know, I am interested in this stuff first off. And secondly, it's just weird at a jam night to be like, hey, how'd you start playing? You know, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just kind of a weird thing to ask somebody. And this gives me the excuse to sit down and actually talk with people. So no doubt. Know, no um, doubt. Do you got any shows coming up? Because this is going to come out Thursday. So it's going to come out Thursday. So. Um, you have to forgive me because uh, dates off the top of my head is oh, yeah. terrible. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I'm the same way. I, I mean, I will say, me personally, coming up here real soon. Uh, we were talking about uh, the my little blues project that yeah, we got going on. Do you on. guys got a name for that, or is it just? Uh, we're kind of calling it just the 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 Ron and Sean Blues Band, which you know, not to exclude the other members in the band, it's just. We haven't come up with a better name, so. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, I believe we're playing um, at the winery which, on which? Uh, Soldier Creek Winery. Soldier Creek here north of Fi- Farnhamville, or yeah. not Farnhamville, Fort Dodge. North of Fort Dodge. Yes. I live down by Farnhamville, but uh, um, yeah, I believe we're playing up there April fifth. Yeah. So that'd be a good time. It's it's an early show from about six to eight. So come on out and drink some good wine and and uh and listen to some good blues so heck yeah um but uh as far as like jay clyde and the mainstay um we're gonna be putting out our summer schedule here really soon cool um, i know that we're playing one of the more local shows that we're playing is in uh, the middle of july we're gonna be in, at river hops brewing nice in their uh uh, uh their back patio uh-huh. area so i'm really looking forward to that show just being kind of here local yep. more so yeah it's four dodge right yeah yeah yep that's so river hops is a great place to if i would encourage uh and it, you know in general too not just single out one place um like we've got this onset of just great venues around fort dodge now yeah so we've got soldier creek winery um after that came uh shiny top brewing yeah and those guys down there i've played a couple solo acoustic shoes acoustic shows there as well um they bring in music every thursday night i believe yeah um great place to play river hops brewing now in fort dodge he's been getting bands and getting places in so uh really thankful that here locally we've got some great venues to play yeah so there's a resurgence of local music and 
the great local musicians are crawling out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Clyde Band, you guys got Facebook. Yes, uh, we're on Facebook. Um, that's and we we do have a website, but uh, uh, we will have all of our summer schedule listed up pretty pretty fairly soon here. Um, I think we got about. 25 to 30 shows booked throughout the summer sweet so uh and we're i mean we're playing around the area quite a bit but we're also you know getting out to the eastern side of the state um i know we've got a couple shows booked down southern iowa uh we'll be here there and everywhere this summer so yeah check out uh the j clyde band facebook page and we also do um we last um last year we recorded a six song ep album whatever you want to call it yep uh and that is available on itunes oh cool as well so uh, just itunes you got like is it on amazon Google itunes Play, amazon spotify, spotify. It's, Sweet. it's there so Sweet. um there's uh we've we're finally kind of diving into that uh you know like Corey neil um they've great writers uh greg and everybody in the band has contributed in some way but you know we've been doing the cover thing for so long and it's finally we just wanted to we wanted to, you know, jump into having, you know, hey, this is this is us. This is our yep. product. So yep. um, I'd be looking hopefully within the next year or so that we'll probably have a full album out as well. That's awesome. So I, uh, I'll have to grab all your links from you, put them in the description section for this podcast. And, Definitely. Uh, I'll have to find your stuff on Spotify and add it to some of the playlists. I'm trying to make playlists for Iowa bands and, and put everybody on there. So for yeah, sure you know, i guess if anybody else has spotify music send it my way and i'll throw it on the playlist and you guys can share it up but definitely uh, is there uh, anything else you want to add anybody else you want to give a shout out to this has been a pretty good podcast with shout outs so far so <laughs> well hey. there's just uh, i don't know i guess i just say that i'm i'm so blessed to uh to have the opportunity to play with such great musicians and and be from this area where you know, on any given night, you know, I can I can play with some of the best in the state. Um, you know, the boys in J. Clyde, we've been we've been at it for quite a while now, and and you know, I wouldn't trade any one of them for the world. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, music in general has just been been uh, such a blessing to me, and and it's afforded me to do a lot of things. You know, it's 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 not my full time living, but I've got to do a lot of great things, and and uh, looking forward to the future. Heck yeah, man. Let's get ready to go see that Lone Tree Revival show. Sounds like a plan, man. All right. Thanks for doing the podcast. Appreciate it. There's another podcast in the bank. Thanks to everybody for tuning in to episode number 23. Ron Lee King was a great guest. Uh, I'm glad he got to come over and and hang out with me for a while. Got to jam out on some of the guitars and stuff. Go check out one of his shows. He plays a lot. um, Not as much as he used to, apparently, but, but I still see him out and about, you know, uh, so go check them out, watch them play, go to one of those jam nights. I mean, there's there's a lot of them around the area, so you just got to kind of know the right people and uh, befriend the right people on Facebook, and you'll see them. I, I try my best to share some of them on my personal social media, but uh, yeah, there's tons of jam nights around here for anybody that wants to play some uh, blues, some rock, some of the better known songs. Uh, there's tons of guys that can help you jam away the night, and uh, it's, it's a great time. Uh, hope to see you out at one of those sometime, and... Uh, I gotta say thanks again to ron lee king for joining me for the podcast check out the j clyde band uh online i got some links down below um make sure you listen to some of their music online too it's available pretty much everywhere you can buy it as well uh definitely worth a listen if you're from the area you might uh want to hire these guys to come play in your town sometime you never know so uh so check them out online thanks again to ron lee for joining me for the week and uh also i i go around town every now and then I hear somebody say, hey, you're the guy that does that podcast, and I, I really appreciate the fact that I can, you know, in my little town and, and the surrounding towns and, and even in some of the bigger cities, I get people that know me as the Audible Farm podcast guy. So thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm glad everybody enjoys the podcast as much as I do. Um, I'm glad I get to sit down and talk to some of the great people that make music and, uh, you know, the great personalities, too. A lot of these people are really friendly people, and um, I'm really happy to that you know they're joining me for the podcast and i'm happy that you guys are joining us as well so thank you very much to everybody i really appreciate all the positive vibes i'll catch you next week peace